Today, class warfare over Yankees tickets, dumbass tourists kill dolphins on a beach, and our guest Ryan Hoffman hates everyone. It's the Fake Outrage Report. <laughs> Welcome to the Fake Outrage Report, everybody. Hello. Phil Kazi here, and, and as always, my Jay compadre in crime, Raj. Ajay Raj. Ajay Raj. All right, today we are joined by a very good friend of mine, Mr. Ryan Hoffman. We're friends. I guess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, nice to be here, Phil. <laughs> I did take a shower with a guy once for... Uh, Yes, your company for my uh, for my enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> Go yeah. Patriots! I love how that's all you're ever known for. Yeah, that your is the thing is, I'm best known for after is, years in comedy. You're known to six people. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Uh, no, so, it's up to thirty thousand views now. So thirty thousand people have seen you take one for the team. <laughs> literally, take one for the team. Yeah. Uh, for those of you who don't how know, literally. Oh, you. I mean, pretty literally. Pretty literally. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, uh, you can check out Temple Horses on YouTube. That's uh, Ryan Hoffman and his partner, Nick Ruggia's production company, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. And they do uh, all kinds of stuff. And yeah, we do one short film a month. And uh, we were making fun of that first kiss video where they're like, oh, we asked. 21 oh, strangers yes. to kiss for the first so we were like okay what's another intimate thing that would be creepy to have <laughs> sure let's have 21 strangers shower together <laughs> and uh we uh we had phil come in playing this like alpha male bro <laughs> who's just like oh no nah, man like i'm not gay and then by the end of it he's taking one <laughs> in the shower well, which <laughs> is fun. typically how it goes with guys that who sounds have... terrible like i'm sure you're listening to this and Sounds pretty yeah. offensive, I love you, Mom, but um, if you, uh, <laughs> well, you know, you kind of. It sounds like you're making fun of how like homophobic bros are concealing or suppressing well, homosexual yeah. feelings. Uh, yeah, that's exactly in a lot of cases. Often they the are. case, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. absolutely. So yeah, we do. Thank our, you for saving me. <laughs> <laughs> we do our intros up front. So yeah, Ryan Hoffman, busy guy, some acting, a lot of directing going on in his life too. Anything else you want the world to know about you before we hop in here? No, just subscribe to Temple Horses on YouTube. That's Temple it. Horses YouTube, definitely. Also, all, all twelve of you who listen to this podcast, get on there. There's some really good content. Can I say too that you just look like a film director? Just, just oh. hit me like you look like a, a director. Why? Because I'm fat. Uh, sure. <laughs> you just look like you're giving up on my diet. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, my fr a friend of mine just decided to quit acting and just become a strict producer, and she's like, "Oh, I went up a pants size. It's great." Uh. I'm like, "Oh my god, yeah, Thanksgiving <laughs> is don't wonderful." Don't you a bit about this? You do sometimes. Yeah, man. I just <laughs> see Doritos on the shelf, and I don't have to like be like, "Oh, well, that's four hours at the gym that I don't have to do." Yeah. <laughs> I can eat one Dorito this week. One. Dorito. I'm on my Dorito regimen now. Yeah. Bag a day. Very strict. Very, very strict. strict one, one bag a day. <laughs> oh, man. So well, let's start off with something that I'm outraged about this week. And so first, I just want to say up front, too, I am aware that this is a very first world white guy problem that I'm pissed off about. And I'm really happy to have Ryan here because he's probably going to be pissed off about this, too. Yeah. Your listeners in Ghana aren't going to be able to relate to this. Yeah. So we have to. Well, actually, th two of the things we have today are very They're not going to like this. <laughs> two of the three things we have here today. All right, I'm leaving. Are, uh, yeah, <laughs> See you later. Yeah. Uh, two or three things today are, are very New York specific. So we probably are going to have to like uh, over explain some of them to some people 
I just got the pun. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> you're not gonna lie. Not gonna lie. There you go. Oh Jesus, you're killing this me. This episode now. is gonna be threaded through with Ghana puns now. Speaking of that, we actually do have uh, international listeners. You know, remember the Australia episode we did with Mike Cannon with the video oh, yeah. game? No, I, yeah. We got a bunch of listens from Australia. Yeah. From that episode. I have a I have a buddy in in Melbourne. Oh, is that who it is? He, like, yeah. Okay, because no, we got like he's he's a fan though. He's, he's listened to listens to all of them. He's into it. Yeah, we're international. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so here's something that I'm let's get p- angry. Here's something that I'm pissed off about. So I'm gonna leave the the judgment for this particular topic up to Jay, who doesn't care about sports, and also any listeners we might have. Uh, the Yankees made a big PR fuck up this week. The New York Yankees, which is baseball for those of you appar- apparently are arousing Australian. We're trying to cast a base. wide net here. <laughs> Yeah, they announced a ticketing policy this month that pretty much fucks their fans. This is how. They are banning uh, print-at-home tickets this year. So you can't have print-at-home tickets. Now, what that does is it requires you to buy the traditional, like, the cardboard thick, they call it the hard stock ticket. And so that screws over online sellers like StubHub and Vivid Seats, all these companies. And so now... And Ticketmaster. No, here's the thing. Ticketmaster has an exclusive deal with the Yankees. You know the Yankees Ticket Exchange? That's uh-huh. that's through Ticketmaster. So right. basically, you have to buy your tickets now, either direct or you know from a scalper, or you have to buy it through the Yankees Ticket Exchange. So you can either have a hard stock ticket or the mobile tickets. But the Yankees aren't allowing any third party companies, aside from Ticketmaster, to have access to the barcodes for the tickets. So okay. what that does is that screws over people like me who go on StubHub an hour and twenty minutes before the game and get deeply discounted tickets that season ticket holders are just trying to get rid of okay because that's how it happens like you know they get oh. spooked the game starts at seven it's 5 40 the tickets haven't sold yet so they drop the prices to like okay. a crazy low amount so it effectively people, uh like it stops them people from reselling the tickets it doesn't stop them from reselling the tickets but it makes it a pain in the ass to resell the tickets you do it physically because you no. have to do it physically okay and the, the the workaround for that is you can go to the StubHub booth that's like 10 blocks from the stadium Okay, um, but that's a pain in the ass. To Wait, do. you can't do, but you can't do the same thing on mobile, like go on StubHub. And, no, because okay. they're not letting StubHub have access to. Oh, the, they the, just don't have access to the barcodes at all. Yeah. Okay. If anything, that doesn't actually. When you think about it, it actually doesn't fuck over the fans. It fuck it. It, it fucks over the third party sellers. Right. And if anything, it just makes it easier for you to get those cheaper tickets. So if their goal was to uh, eradicate the cheaper tickets, essentially what you're doing, like I scalp all my stuff. Yeah, like, me too. <laughs> I, I'm a I'm a born and raised New Yorker. I I don't ever pay full price for a ticket. No, because essentially, it's when uh, most games start at seven o five, right? Yeah. Yeah. So once seven o five comes around, that ticket's worthless. Mm-hmm. So you just got to be willing to go to the bar across the street to watch the game if it doesn't work out. And I've that's happened a couple of times. You know what I mean? It's been a it's been a close call. I haven't gotten in, so I go to stands across the street, watch a couple of innings, and then I go home. Or Billy's, by the way. Or yeah, or Billy's. Shout out to a couple of yeah, Yankee the Bronx bars. You you do that, and then what that does is essentially like a, a scalper has these tickets. He's trying to get rid of them and turn any kind of profit he can. The scalper goes home with a stack at the end of the night. Right, uh, of tickets that he didn't sell. Yeah. So he's eating a loss on whatever he bought for that. So now if you're basically saying, oh, all you can do is get the printout copies, essentially what's going to happen is that you're going to have fans that aren't going to be able to use the tickets, and they're either going to eat them or they're going to try and sell them before the game. Like, oh, a couple of buddies dropped out. I have these two extra tickets, 
It's just going to make it easier for you to get a cheaper price. You just go to the stadium beforehand. You're never going to stop discounted tickets. You're just making it, uh, taking out the convenience of online sales. Yeah, you're taking out the convenience of, of the StubHub, which, by the way, is I'm a huge fan of. They don't sponsor us, by the way. We should mention that. Like, they're not paying us. Although but they be, can if you're listening, cool. StubHub. Yeah, we. I, I love you, StubHub. You've got me so many below face value tickets to basically everything. <laughs> so, yeah, that definitely a big endorsement of StubHub there. But no, the thing is, I don't know if, how many people actually do what you do anymore. Because you're like a, you know, you're a born and bred New Yorker. I don't know how many people from this current generation of fans are going to go through that hassle of like walking up to some sketchy looking dude, you know, 10 minutes before the game and trying to haggle the price down. Probably not. Yeah. Probably not that many, but I'm also okay with that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just Well, I'm telling you now, like, you know, if all 12 listeners of your podcast, Phil, are getting this yeah. hot tip. Yeah. You go to what you, if you go to anything, you go to a concert, you go to a, a sporting event, you go with a friend mm-hmm. who wants to go, you go up to a scalper, and you're like, well, how do I know it's not counterfeit? You take one ticket, they go in ahead, mm-hmm. they verify the ticket's good, you stand there with the dude, you pay him for the other ticket, and you go in. Mm-hmm. It's it's really it's that simple it, and and it doesn't cost that and often a lot of them are just trying to unload the ticket you know what I mean a lot of a lot of them are fans and you can spot the fans for, from the scalpers the scalpers wear trench coats the fans are usually and just fully un- naked yeah well, and the, the scalpers gear. are really confident too oh yeah oh my like they're up in your face and by the way the New York scalpers are they're like AAA compared to like I don't know if you've been to Oakland or the south side of Chicago well I scalped my Super Bowl ticket so wow where was that what city that was in uh that was I think it was in Scottsdale it was it was like north of Phoenix they did it at Sun Devil Stadium I think that's in Scottsdale what year was that that was uh 2007 2008 was that the that was 18 and one yeah that oh was where, man you yeah. were at that game I was at Super Bowl 42 oh, I was yeah. a poor ass college student then I mean I mean I was a poor ass <laughs> like yeah I'm still a poor ass baseball coach <laughs> you know what i mean but uh yeah i managed to scrounge enough money together for that game when it looked like uh you know they were they were might make a run you know i had saved saved up enough and i and i went to i drove to the to arizona because i was living in la at the time and i went there and i, I scalped the ticket it wasn't Just, that hard if you don't mind me asking uh what, what was the well face value on the ticket was 700 okay and i wound up paying 900 that's not bad for, for a Super, Super Bowl. Bowl ticket. That's not bad at all. And I still got to see all the pregame ceremonies and stuff. Wow. So, you know, I didn't wind up making I probably could have gotten it for face or less, but I would have probably had to miss opening kickoff and I'm glad I didn't. It's the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, that's one of those things. There's certain events you're willing to pay more for. Considering that guys were asking for 1500 at as as to start, yeah, I feel like I did okay. Oh, you did fucking great. I I, uh, I went to Jeter's last game actually. That I had to pay out above face for it too. But like those are the exceptions to the rule. Right. Like the this controversy here is about like a Tuesday night game in April when it's fifty one degrees and it's raining and it's against a shitty team. They'll change you know? it when they start losing money. They already yeah. are. It just sounds like the the evil empire of baseball teams, right? The Yankees just doing what they do, which is being rich dicks. Well, here's the thing: is that it, the ticketing policy in itself does screw over people a little bit. But it wasn't that where the outrage came from this week in the news. It's actually when someone was asked to explain this. Lon Trost, who is the oh. COO of the Yankees, oh, you heard about this? Uh, did, didn't he say that uh, why should he said rich people shouldn't have to sit next to poor people? Well, <laughs> that's pretty much what he said. He didn't say verbatim that, but I'll read you the exact quote and. I'll let you decide for yourself. The exact quote here is, the fan sitting there having paid a substantial amount of money for a ticket and another fan picks it up for a buck and a half, sits there, and it's frustrating to the purchasers of the full amount. That's a, uh, no, yeah, that's a mealy mouth version of what I said. 
Like, yeah. Well, that, that that's the white preppy version of what you said. Right, right. It's like, it's not different. He's just he's just using euphemisms. Yeah. Actually, I, I'm not outraged about that statement at all. It gets better though. Hang on, we're gonna get to uh, that. In a but, but let's, let's just take that statement at face value, right? You buy uh you buy a pair of sneakers for 150 dollars. Mm-hmm. And you feel great about these sneakers, and you see somebody else with the same pair of sneakers, and you're like, "And you're like, hey man, where'd you get those?" And he goes, "Oh, I got them on sale for seventy-five bucks." Yeah, you're gonna be frustrated. Yeah, no, that's how I felt when I bought I bought a, a Canon like T2i back when I was in grad school, uh-huh. and a bunch of like audio, uh, like a bunch of lenses and shit. And then like a few months later, like it, the prices dropped dramatically, and I saw like what they were, and I was like, "Oh god, damn it." You know, it's like maybe that thing. Exactly. A little bit. Yeah. It's always that. I mean, yeah, yeah you're paying for, for a guaranteed seat. The person who picks it up for a buck and a half doesn't have a guaranteed seat. So what are you complaining about anyway? Well, here's the thing, though. When's the last time you ever went to a baseball game and talked to the guy next to you? Hey, bro, how much you pay for this ticket? Uh, never for me, ever. Yeah. I've been to a lot of games. Well, that's the implication is that you see the riffraff. That's the next thing that he said, though. But no one thinks that way. No one goes to the game and is like, oh, man, I wonder if I got this for $12 less than the guy next to me. No, you just happen to be there. You know what no, I mean? not and, if you're a blasé season ticket holder who's, like, wealthy. I don't know. I'm imagining the Monopoly men here. Like, who is this guy? That's, that's pretty much their target market. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the luxury boxes at Yankee Stadium, actually. Of course it's frustrating. I mean, maybe you should take a cue. You know what I mean, like, maybe you should take that as... Like, yeah, I understand why he's frustrated. I understand why the guy who paid full price is frustrated. But that's not that's my life. problem. Yeah. In fact, I uh, I think I'm going to dress extra ratty and have extra smelly B.O. <laughs> whenever I go to Yankees yeah. game this time. Just, just really, rub mustard all over oh, your bare chest. Really, really <laughs> g- g- do it up. Yeah, exactly. And so the next part of the quote, and this is where, this is the one that set the Twitterverse off. And he said, and quite frankly, the fan may be someone who's never sat in a premium location. So that's a frustration for the existing fan base, unquote. All right. Mm-hmm. The riffraff. That is basically saying, I don't want to sit next to poor people. Like, yeah. that is basically what he said. They've, ne- really... they've never sat in a premium, a premium location. Premium location. That's my favorite part. It's like at a premium location on the planet. You've never been in a premium physical space. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You've only stood or sat or laid down in mediocre uh, standard spaces or, or uh, uh, economy spaces. So essentially what he's saying is like, oh, we don't know how to act. Yeah. And that's frustrating for other people. All right. Well, if your problem, if you have a sense of decorum at a sporting event, which I don't understand what you're thinking. Like, have you ever been to a sporting event? Like, did <laughs> These right. are the people that want to forget but their problems. No, that's not true. <laughs> I have been to two to three sporting events. You've been to two to three? I went to one Mets game and one Australian football game. <laughs> but these are people that want to forget about their problems, right? These are people that that don't want yeah. to uh, deal with the reality of life, so they go watch some overpaid athlete hit a baseball. You know what I mean? They, they, these are not... Uh, these are people, even the rich people, they're like, oh, there's, these are deals. They're not even paying attention to the game. They're doing yeah, exactly. a deal. It's about the being at the place to be. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm in the suite. Let's hang out. Yeah, and do it's like a the deal. country club or some shit. Exactly. Yeah. I understand that, but, you know, the, this is a sporting event. Yeah. There's not... There's nothing this premium is for, about it. This is for the poor people that you hold in contempt. Exactly. Really. exactly. It's, it's like one of the opiates for the masses. Exactly. Let, let me dig deeper into what you just said. So I am um, my whole adult life. I've worked in luxury hotels, and as somebody who works there, it's a pain in the ass during slow season when you have to drop your rates to fill the place, and you get people who who it's their first time staying at a nice hotel because they don't know how to behave themselves. 
You know what I mean? And I understand that. So establish a code of conduct for those for those locations. Establish a code of conduct. Problem is money talks, <laughs> and when someone's spending X amount of dollars on something, they expect to be able to do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Well, then. But also, money talks. Problems. It's like you said uh, earlier. Like whenever they start losing money on this, because fans aren't like they're losing resale money. Then, or, we're getting you know, to that in a second. They're, they're gonna. This is what they're gonna lose. Anytime you have to eat the ticket, that's less drinks, that's less hot dogs, that's less service. Exactly. That's all the things that you're losing that are additions to the ticket price. So they're gonna wind up losing money, and they'll wind up changing it back. They but, already are. Their attendance dropped by six percent last year, and it's been steadily dropping since the new stadium opened in two thousand nine. Um, that that's just these are facts I had to look up for this. And also too, I just want to hop into um something we said a minute ago with the premium thing. When he says premium, is he referring to the seats that go unsold every game? I mean, you watch the games on TV, yeah. Ryan. They, they call it the moat. They call it the, the legend seats. Those are empty every fucking game. Every game. Every game. And then a couple years ago, they actually took the outer ones and they, they call it the champion suite and they lowered the price and made it into a different package because no one was buying it. So when he's talking about premium seats, I don't know what the fuck he's talking about because no one sits there. You know what I mean? Right. I mean, maybe that's the allure. Nobody yeah. sits there. Nobody affords it. Yeah, you know what I, mean? I, I guess. He's trying to sell. It's like uh, Ajay said, it's like the it's it's a country club. You know, he's trying to sell it. But the thing is that nobody's attending. Yeah, because it's it's not a luxury hotel. It's a fucking baseball game. Yeah, he's he got a little bit of egg on his face, mostly because, you know, he doesn't understand who his clientele is. And also every premium seat that I have ever seen that were like, oh, wow, that's really dope. It's basketball. It, that's the sport. Courtside seats. Or, that's where you can be on the floor. That's where you're on the floor. You're in a folding chair, like they're running right by you. Exactly. Or and you concert. can even talk to them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you could conceivably. I'm you know sitting... why? Because a basketball can hit you in the head, and for the most part, you're probably fine. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> even if basketball straight up hits you smack dab in the middle of your face, you break your nose, you'll be all right. They go flying. Die. They go flying into the stands. <laughs> a baseball or a football hits your head, like you could very well just die. Well, not a football. Well, not a football so much, but also those guys running into you. Yeah, I, know, I mean... I didn't think this hypothesis is through. Well, I, just started, on a basket- I, started, I just started presenting On a it. basketball <laughs> thing, guys go into the crowd... All, guys go into the crowd all the time on a basketball yeah. game. They go into the crowd all the, all the time. Rarely is there an injury. Right, mm-hmm. if you got if you got Ray Lewis going into the into the silence into the crowd <laughs> with his helmet at twenty five miles an hour, someone's gonna yeah. really get hurt. Just like do the the bullfights in Spain, but just take down the just have everyone sitting on the dirt. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I guess that's what the running of the bulls is, though. And also, too, I'm glad you compared. Um, you're bringing different sports into this because the thing is, when you're talking about baseball, there's 81 home games for each team, right? And so the thing is, there's some games that are just going to be more and less than others, you know. And like I mentioned a minute ago, if it's an early season game, it's a cold night, it's a midweek, not as many people are going to go. Whereas if it's like a nice summertime Sunday afternoon and it's against a really big name opponent, that's when you're going to start selling for more, right? And so they don't really grasp a concept of supply and demand here, right? Exactly. At all, you're eating. You're going to eat those seats yeah exactly yeah and you know that's why i'm not particularly all bent out of shape about it and fans like fans will get up and they'll and they'll and they'll run their mouth but you know this guy's the coo that's his job to be a dick yeah kind of unsurprising and who cares yeah he's the guy who you know went to yale that never played baseball he was like the Yep. He was like yep. the bench player on his little league team, and he managed <laughs> to find his way into a job at the Yankees. Yeah, the only reason he was on the bench player on the little league team is because his dad actually sponsored the team. You right. Know what I mean? Not even the coach. He wasn't. He was the sponsor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. That's who this guy is. All right. Yeah, so fuck this guy, basically. Uh, but- no, essentially, just like it's his job to take the hit for the franchise. You know what I mean? It's his job to. He's the bad guy. 
Yeah, be yeah. the bad guy. So that the corporate contracts that the company does get thinks, oh, okay, yeah, they don't want the riffraff in there. They're trying to work for us. They belo- Look at all these ticket chains. Yeah, all right, we'll be up on our suite this year. That's what it's all about. The p- fans are going to buy their seats. The people who boycott, they'll get their seats back. It's not a big deal. It's all bread and circuses. Yeah. Yeah. And so the thing is, though, with the supply and demand, I, they don't really understand for guys who are millionaires the concept of economic equilibrium, which was in your supply and your demand match. And so what for those like shitty games, you should just have a different code of conduct and a different price point. You know what I mean? And even if, yeah, they're premium, they should be lower even for that game. Right. But also you you mentioned about working in a luxury hotel. Yeah. It's a lot different than a fucking baseball game. Oh, exactly. That's what I was saying a minute ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the, the first time in a luxury hotel is a lot different than the first time at a baseball game. What they should do is make those luxury boxes into luxury hotel suites and rent them out so that they just live there and they can watch all of the games out their window. But they're paying out the ass. We're talking like a million dollars a month. I like this idea. Yeah. And so instead of all these seats and people arguing, you just have like one person living in each of these boxes, uh, extremely wealthy, extremely lonely, extremely impractical, slowly turning into a weird mountain man who smells like fancy soap, but watching the games out the window. Yeah, the games just happening behind them. Yeah. He doesn't know anymore. The game is the weather and the news, and it's everything to him. He's lost his mind. That's fantastic. Eventually, he just is a baseball covered in hair with one blind eye. And then dust. And then another millionaire moves in. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And he he sees sees this shriveled, shriveled, hairy baseball eye in the corner and thinks nothing of it, not knowing that that is what he is soon to become. That's so fantastic. You have just all these millionaires living in these hotel suites, and <laughs> they think they're the shit, and then we they, they slowly realize that it's become a prison, like a, like a Twilight Zone yeah. episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next class, outrage. Class warfare at its finest. So, um, oh, yeah, I just want to do one quick last thing about this. Um, so then after people got pissed off at Mr. Trust, and by the way, you were right a minute ago because he was the fall guy for this. Oh, yeah. Because he's not normally the mouthpiece for the organization. Yeah, why is the COO speaking? Right. <laughs> Get back to your fucking math books, Steinbrenner and a bunch of other guys, they, they didn't want to come out and say it themselves. So they had this guy be the fall guy. So then after people got pissed off, a different guy, Randy Levine, who we do hear about sometimes. Yeah, we president, do hear about him. Okay, he had another quote. And this one, I just, I really have to rip into. He said, we have the ultimate right to protect the value of our inventory as long as it's done in the free market society, unquote. That is the opposite of what they're doing. They're trying to regulate something. Like, that's the one thing that, like, old white Republicans are all about. They're always like, we want to deregulate everything, yet they're trying to regulate this. You know, but th- they they're want saying to have one the thing. power to regulate it. They don't want the government to have the power to regulate it. They want to have the power. That's all it ever means. That's true. The, 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 the true free market, though, is letting people sell tickets for whatever fucking price they want. Yeah. No, but, but they own people but like it's that. Not, though, only like it's the, their product. Yeah. And that, that mm. I do agree with. It's their product, and he does have but the right to. Already, wait, 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 wait. He does have the right to protect it. But the argument here is that he's not protecting it. They're going to lose money from this. Mm. And, and the data is going to show it. That's why I'm not. No, but here's you the thing. I mean? These are tickets. They're not selling tickets for less. They're selling tickets to season ticket holders. This is money they already made. They already sold the fucking ticket. Now they're mad that other people who bought the ticket are taking a loss on it. Like, that, that's not free market at all. Right, but the, what, what they're doing is they're trying to prevent a, a certain level. They're trying to keep a certain level of people who are going to spend the money in those sections mm-hmm. from coming, right? Oh, they're trying to keep certain people happy. 
They're trying to preserve the experience of these people who paid this money. Let's say I'm a season ticket holder and I'm selling you guys my seats, right? Mm. Every game I go to, I spend, let's say I, I spend $100 on concessions. Three beers. Right. <laughs> and I sell my tickets to you guys and you you spend $50 or $25 on concessions. Okay. What they want is they want to have a certain level of spending power within each section because they don't want people haggling over the price of the beer in a premium section. I understand it's stupid because I'd rather make $25 than $0, but that's what they're trying to do. But in the end, you know, it's it's not very well thought through and they're going to wind up losing money on it. Yeah, because basically what they're saying is we'd rather have no one come to the game that day than have somebody who's not a fucking kajillionaire show up. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is, and that's going to wind up losing the money. Yeah. Well, it's already. I mean, if people are going to have, it's going to be harder to access tickets and harder to go to games. Attendance is just going to keep dropping. By the way, if they keep finishing in, you know, second and third place and getting knocked out in one game, not going to help them either. You know. Yeah. That's, that's also the product in the field's a big part of this too. Now, now here's where I would be outraged in this situation. Right mm-hmm. here, like the the thing that makes me laugh about this, rather than getting angry about this, is that it's going to hurt them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I know it's going to hurt them. Now. The thing that would make me mad is if they then went to the government and said, we're taking a loss, you need to subsidize us. Ooh. That's the other thing about it is that people hate uh, these like wealthy people that are anti-regulation. They hate it and they hate it and they hate it until they need it. Until they need and it. then they don't call it that. And then just, they just pretend it didn't happen. They That's need the infuriating a subsidy. Thing. They do it and yeah. then they just pretend that it never happened. If they, if they start asking for subsidies, you can come back and talk to me and I will... Uh, <laughs> I'll be a lot more angry. Yeah, I was expecting you to be a little bit more pissed off about this. I mean, it's just rich people being assholes. Yeah. So, yeah, final outrage judgment. I am kind of worked up over it. You guys don't see where we're coming from, so I guess this is fake outrage. Uh, I'm not really... uh, I mean, if you're... I'm hurt. If you're genuinely outraged, sure. But am I going to take you seriously? Absolutely not. (laughs) Yes. I'm filing this under fake. All right. All right. I've, I've, I've been bested. All right, on to the next thing right here. And this one was a big one this week here, this next one. This happened in Santa Teresita, Argentina, which is on the uh, very eastern tip of South America. I hear that place is lovely this time of year. <sighs> yeah, I hear the whole entire southern hemisphere <laughs> yeah, is lovely right. this time of year. Good hemisphere. Yeah. My top two. Your top two? Hemispheres. Oh, dude, yeah, it is definitely in the <laughs> month of uh, February. Month of February, definitely in the top two hemispheres. And what happened was a bunch of uh, tourists and beachgoers, they found a rare La Plata dolphin, also known as a Franciscana dolphin, and they took it out of the water, which is stupid, first of all, and they pretty much just passed it around and took pictures with it and petted it and stuff and all this. And there were two dolphins that got pulled out. One ended up dying, and the other one barely survived. And so, you know, some video got released and some pictures made it onto the internet. Basically, all hell broke loose in the uh, outrage community. Ryan Hoffman is a big animal guy, so yeah. he's, uh, that's why I brought him on for this, by the way. This spans a larger issue, you know, multiple issues, I should say. Um, it, it talks about, you know, the selfie culture and the social media culture. Uh, it talks about animal rights and, and how we treat animals. The narcissism that we have mm-hmm. overall as a, as a human species, right. you know. Um, first of all, you know, the only reason they're rare is because we've made them rare. Right. Let's put it that way. Uh, Does that species get hunted for something no, like mean, elephants but, do? But or? dolphins in general, just because of human activity in the oceans, like, Yeah, whether you're talking them. about sea debris that, you know, 
fucks things up, pollution, oil spills, or hunting like they mm. do in Japan. Yeah, we've made dolphins rare. Even the sounds from boats. I don't know if it affects dolphins, but like a lot it, of whales get fucked up. It affects whales yeah. and submarines. Yeah. So the only reason they're rare is because we made them rare. And the thing is, is that about a wild animal is that they live under like a constant amount of stress. Like, you know, we don't sure. ha- we don't have that. They're just trying to survive all the time. That level it's of just stress. Constantly yeah, they're, eat, they're, move, avoid predators. They're, yeah, exactly. They're always under threat of predator or worrying about what they'd be eaten or like it's a day-to-day existence that we haven't ever had to fathom for over 20,000 years. Well, mo- some of us. Um, no, I would say most. There's very few wild people. There's very few, but there's <laughs> also like you know, even if you're talking about third world countries, you know, the the threat of predators is still pretty right. small. Um, I mean, even in Africa, like the the threat of you know wild animal attacks is not as great as disease or yeah you know, other things. You yeah. know, the, we've pretty much been able to knock off predators from our list of daily worries yeah we still have like pestilence problems sometimes right. but There's we don't a, have like like a lion's not going to break into your apartment here on the upper east side and no. fuck us up that's right, and like, I don't I, have, right. Yeah. even so i'm walking down the street i don't have to worry about being attacked from above or you know below or yeah. you know anything else that we have to worry about we are on the yeah. top of the food chain yeah. and we set up infrastructure so an animal is living under a certain amount of stress that we, we just can't we just don't understand. So it's just best not to interact with them at all, ever. You know, it's, okay. it's one thing to talk about animals in captivity, you know, where they mm-hmm. make dolphins do tricks and shit. But um, I have a friend who does that, actually, who um, not the cheat protests against it. I have right. a friend in Florida who every weekend drives down to Orlando and like holds up signs and is like, fuck you, SeaWorld. And she's at a whole. Yeah, well, SeaWorld's a whole nother level. Of, That's a whole yeah, other level. Disgusting. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, you're talking about just real people are really fucking dumb for what a selfie. You know what yeah. I mean? Like for so you could take a picture with a fucking dolphin that you pulled out of the water. Yeah. And now now every <laughs> selfie that has that dolphin in it is just a picture of like you being a complete dude. It's a snuff film. Yeah. 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 It's a snuff. It's a yeah. snuff. Yeah. It's a picture of how <laughs> shitty of a person you are. Yeah. Yeah, and imagine too, because it looks like they got passed around, sort of. Imagine being the kid or the person who got the dolphin passed to you as it was dying. Like, but that's just. But the, also, the what does it of... tell you about like what we're teaching our children that it's okay to you know manhandle any anything? You know, it's just right. Well, you have that party it really vibe. It's like yeah, the... spring yeah. break, and you're like just yeah. yeah. It it really bothers just... me on a fundamental level how stupid yeah. we've become. And you're um, you're an animal guy, which is why I wanted to yeah, talk about this. Yeah, I'm a member this. of Defenders of Wildlife, and I do some stuff. There are definitely people who are more passionate about it than I am, but I I see this all the time, and we're living in an extinction level event that's completely human caused and. And it's man, I just I uh, I can't wait until we all die. Uh, <laughs> we don't deserve this planet. You know, there was another thing about like a chimp that was tested on being abandoned on an island, mm. starving to death. And I'm just like, what? Why are we here? Like, what are we doing? Well, folks, we're all gonna die. You heard it here first on the fake outrage report. I cannot <laughs> wait. I'm into it. If I had the opportunity, I prefer not to. But hey, you know, if it means that you know we won't be screwing things up. Now that we've established the level of, of douchebaggery and, you know, heinous that this event is, because we all agree that fucking with animals is something you're not supposed to be doing, <laughs> we gotta talk about the outrage. And this one, 
I gotta go with a mixture of fake and real because I think that there are certain a certain kind of person, the animal people, who are you know always gung ho about animal rights and are always upset about this. But then there's the other people who don't actually give a shit. And this happened what four or five days ago. And tomorrow, within a week, they're not gonna give a shit. They just share it online so they can look good in front of their friends. Because they want attention. Maybe. I mean, yeah, it's something you share. It's a shareable it's story. A, it's a shareable yeah, it's, story. Even if you don't particularly care about uh, dolphins or wildlife, it's uh, it's a, it's something you can share to be like, oh, look at selfie culture. You know, like, there's a lot of things to hate. Yeah, there's a, there's <laughs> definitely a lot to hate. And I, th- I don't know if this is so much outrage, because I don't really think that anybody's tracking these people down and trying to get them fired or like they did for the dentist. But sure. I think it's just. I think it, it's just people just collectively. I don't know if it's outrageous. Just we're it's collectively just shaking our heads. It's just you know? yeah, just, just like, shock and, and disbelief and just fucking really, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can definitely um, see where you guys are coming with that. And, and I wanted to ask Ryan this too: is when an event like this happens, because mm-hmm. these do happen fairly often. It's almost like a you know a white guy doing a mass shooting. They ha- these things happen all the time. Just animal events. Yeah. Is it sometimes? Like a a good thing long term, whereas because this story was worldwide in the fact that it got shared on social media like crazy. Mm-hmm. Is it like is it good in that you know maybe you'll recruit more members to animal groups and stuff? Like I, maybe I think the of sharing the, of the story is good and raising awareness that you shouldn't interact with wild animals is good. But the incident itself is not good. It's never good. Does defenders of wildlife do good work? I think they do all right. I mean, they're definitely not. Look, you he's know, really into it, you guys. You know, well, I'm a member. I'm a paying member, so obviously I believe in what they do. I just don't. It's it's hard for me to be optimistic about uh, an animal rights organization when you just keep seeing animals get fucked. You know what I mean? Like it's hard, like I I donate. Have you looked them my, up on a like charity navigator or anything? Yeah, you can look them up, yeah. and you know they do they do have some good programs, and they really are invested in in helping wolves, especially in midwestern states where they come into conflict with ranchers. They do really try and help, but you know when you see a state like Idaho pass a law that's trying to lift the ban on getting them in, like off the endangered list and like trying to get them to do a hunting season on wolves like it's hard to be optimistic you know what i mean even though i do think they do good work i just well, don't population i don't control think is sometimes a uh, yeah we should aspect. try it out on humans sometimes <laughs> <laughs> oh man so back to the question i was asking you do you sometimes get annoyed at people who are like look how much i care cuz i clicked share on facebook or sometimes do you feel as if if it gets shared around the world, maybe a few hundred or a few thousand more people actually do start investing in, in these topics emotionally and become members. If some you know, people donate, it's good. Okay, so you're saying the, the awareness aspect outweighs the fake outrage potential aspect. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. There's always going to be people that post and it's fake. Sure, why not? But you have three levels, right? You have, look at this story, isn't it fucked up? Look at this story, aren't these people fucked up? Mm-hmm. Look at the story, what can we do about it? Mm-hmm. Right. And if what can we do about it doesn't outweigh look at these people, then it's it's yeah. useless. It's just, uh, yeah, more narcissism. Exactly. So mm. and I feel like that's sort of what's happening with this dolphin thing. It's definitely a shareable story, but I don't foresee it really changing many minds other than the fact that maybe, you know, people will be a little bit more aware not to uh, interact with wild animals. But, you know, hopefully that's a plus. We do look into the results of uh, how these stories sometimes affect uh, change. And this one, in this particular uh, case, the Argentinian Wildlife Foundation put out a statement saying, like, hey, idiots, 
you know, don't take dolphins out of the water. And they explained, you know, hey, there's they have a thick skin that's supposed to keep them at a certain body temperature when they're underwater. And when you take them out of water and you bring them to a 95-degree beach, I'm assuming it was 95 degrees. They overheat, yeah. Yeah, they overheat very quickly, and that's what happened. And so... I mean, maybe people didn't know before. Maybe, maybe now after this event, potentially this uh, awareness that they're spreading through all these statements could maybe save a life in the future. I mean, that's a grim way of looking at it, but I'm I sure mean, like a lot of the people that like passed it around feel pretty shitty about it. Like, if yeah, they're not I'm just sh- totally, oh like, yeah, I'm sure total no, idiots. So yeah, no one's like, we uh, fucking uh, killed a dolphin. Like, yeah, no one's gonna um, or brag you know, about or, that one. Yeah, if they don't, ch- if you don't have a little bit of abject responsibility for it, then you know uh, you're a sociopath. Right. But, you know. And again, the person whoever not to got beat it. a dead dolphin, but you're a fucking <laughs> moron, man. <laughs> Yeah, and also, too, I'm sure the last person or two people or so who got it passed to them, like, that's got to be traumatizing to them. Yeah, well, they had the choice to buy put it Buy the ticket, take the ride, you know? Yeah, yeah. But that, by, that point, it's at, by that point, it's a mob, and it's hard to get. I'm sure they were trying to get the dolphin back to the water. And that picture, too, was like... I didn't look. I couldn't. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll describe the picture. It was like a crowd of 35, 40 people that were all like like there was like a like a dude holding it and then kind of holding it up a little bit about shoulder height or so and there were seriously 35 or 40 people all just like reaching for it yeah it was just it was the most disgusting it was, it was a mob mentality for sure yeah it was so weird and, and it just is disturbing on a few different levels it's just a drunk idiots on a beach for <laughs> once though for once not white people hey how about that <laughs> small victories <laughs> We take what we can get here when it comes to depressing stories like this one. When it comes to depressing stories, I'm just glad it's not a shooting and it's not uh, a white guy killing a dolphin. It's always us. It's always us. We're always killing a rhino or a lion or something. Or a group of people, you know. Outrage judgment. Uh... Definitely some genuine outrage. I think there is about 15 to 20% fake outrage of people who just want attention in it. Sure. I don't don't really care about that. I'm going to say for the shareability, trumping the... Uh, the action and legislation or whatever. I yeah. want to say I'm gonna I'm gonna go mostly fake. There Ooh, we go. Which really bothers me to say. Yeah. Mm. It's important. I just realized that most of the people who are getting involved are sharing it for the share. Fake yep. outrage in terms of being like impotent outrage or yeah. outrage that's not being used to fuel some useful action. Yeah. So fake outrage about something that is very not fake. That's def- that's, that's, a, that's interesting. That shifts the definition a bit of what we've considered fake outrage. It's not that the anger in the moment that these people are experiencing it isn't real. It's that it's not going to be channeled usefully. That's how we're defining fake outrage in this situation is what I'm saying. Well, each right? case is different. That's yeah. what the show is about. It's a yeah, case. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just pointing out that's interesting to me. Yeah, it's yeah. a series of case studies. And so in this case, it's people who, as Ryan said a second ago, might not even be that mad about it. They're just like, well, I can share this on my page today so people will click like. You know, yeah. There's definitely a lot of that. Mm. So, so it's, it's so really we have a story here of people who were trying to take pictures of a dolphin to get likes, and then people who were trying to share, trying to share so they're, the story yeah, they're t- exploiting it in a similar fashion. Uh, that is interesting. Yeah. Wow, Oof. that is. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna kill myself. Those are, <laughs> those, are those are blood likes. Yeah, Oof. <laughs> blood likes. <laughs> oh wow, is that like a blood diamond? Where it's no, like it's like most, blood money. Yeah, yeah, it's the most perfect. Crystalline like is a blood like. Oh yeah. All right. We finally milk some chuckles out of that topic after way too long. Uh all right, guys. So it looks like the mostly fake with some real in that one. And final topic we have here today. This is a local one for uh here in New in York local City. Local news. Yeah, local New York City outrage. 
Uh, the Street Easy Company, which is a real estate company that does like, uh, I guess, apartment brokerages and apartment sales and, you know, they're real estate mm-hmm. here in the city. They have a new ad campaign called Find Your Formula, which, and have you seen these in the subway? Well, what they are is it's uh, it's like little cartoon ads and it's like thing plus or minus other thing equals this thing that you're going to buy. Like uh, some examples of this are um, West Village plus outdoor space area plus washer dryer equals you have four roommates street easy find your formula you know it's like little cutesy little cartoons that exploit Uh you know neighborhood sort of stereotypes and like uh another one is like oh you want to live in a big industrial loft with uh you know nice grocery stores you won't but oh but there's toxic waste you know in the neighborhood go on us in brooklyn these are, by the way, these are very local references for those of you who are yeah, <laughs> not for in international City. listeners. Yeah, Gowanus is a place in Brooklyn that's like industrial. Yeah, you and, get it, yeah. a, a bad place. Yeah, or it's gentrifying, I guess you could say. Sure. Um, I like the but one of them in specific of these find your formula ads caused some outrage, and it was one that was <laughs> hedge fund bonus minus college girlfriend equals meatpacking district. <laughs> Which, yeah, it's. I mean, it's a little funny, and so we'll explain sort of that. So, what's the outrage? The outrage is that it's a sexist ad. Yeah, it is. I, yeah, but that's not what they were going for. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. okay. I mean, that's I don't tricky know. territory. How do you know what they're going for? Well, here's the thing: the Meatpacking District. For those of you who don't know, it's known as being like the undisputed heavyweight champion of douchey neighborhoods yep like it's it's where like you know european tourists go to the dance clubs to party it's all like you know dudes who are known for roofing chicks bottle and service and bottle all that. service that kind of neighborhood that that's the entire neighborhood and so yeah it, it's a plausible thing that a guy who works on wall street would get a big bonus and then dump his girlfriend and then hang out with his bros and uh, you know, hang out with some gold diggers for a while. Oh, I don't think that's what they meant by it. I at think all. it's exactly. See, I think it's what they meant. No, why, that's I think it's, I it's it. a hedge funder with a hedge funder salary minus subsidizing a college girlfriend equals meatpacking district. No, 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 no. It's minus the girlfriend, right? Not plus the girlfriend. No, he said that. But yeah, minus subsidizing a college girlfriend. Yeah, so he doesn't have to spend this money on his a, girlfriend. It's a real estate. No, 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 no. What? It's, it's a real estate company, right? Oh, this is interesting. So oh. you you interpreted the ad differently. Oh, okay. so he's paying for her to live. Yeah, I mean, it's still sexist in the way I'm interpreting. Yeah, it. yeah. Oh. That, in that interpretation, it's absolutely sexist. Yeah, yeah. Hedge, you're a hedge funder, hunter working on a hedge fund salary who's dumped your first wife and is now subsidizing a college girlfriend. Oh no 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 no. The the ad is a guy like a cartoon of like a guy with the money. This is hedge fund bonus, and then it says minus college, college girlfriend, girlfriend equals. Right, the expenses of having a college girlfriend. Oh, see, I, I, means I interpreted you live it. in the meat passing, packing district. I interpreted it as you you got your first job in Wall Street, you got your first bonus. Now you don't need your stupid girlfriend anymore. Your you girlfriend from college, the one that you dated when you were in college. Yeah, oh. yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. But, but who's right though? Because that's actually a good. Because I, I, when I think of hedge funders, I don't think of like guys fresh out of college. I think guys who are like 35 dating girls oh and he's like they're dating college age girls mm. but the girl in the 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 ad she looked kind of she was kind of frumpy looking was she yeah. sad or was she yeah a, she was she like, was like wearing a flannel skirt she didn't look like hot young college thing uh, it didn't seem like they were going for okay, that okay yeah i me. didn't i'm missing the visual here okay. yeah the the ad she was wearing like a, like a sorority sweatshirt and it was like big on her like a hoodie and she wasn't it wasn't meant to be like like oh, that yeah. type of objectifying got you it was yeah. meant to say yeah you're no longer hot or like my money can do better now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Gotcha. And, and gotcha, so then gotcha. he moved to the meat pack and to get bottle service and hang out with a bunch of twenty year old foreign yeah, chicks. Yeah, like freedom. 
It's, it's, kind, it's kind of a... It's not... I, I think it's not not sexist. Well, it's definitely sexist, but what's sexist about it? Is it the sexist culture that we live in where that happens? Yeah. Or is it advertising that that's what you do? Well, the, you know the, what I mean? Every, is it the opinion of the company that that's what you do? Or yeah. is it the opinion of are the company of, the, of this guy? Are they making fun of the guy? Yeah. They're making fun of the caricature, I think, of dudes that do that because... So, well... Yeah, exactly. They're making fun of the guy, I think, more than the woman. Way more. I mean, it, it, yeah. really, because they're making fun of the stereotype of, like, oh, that's, that's the kind tough. of people that live in this neighborhood are people that commit those type of acts, do those sort of things, and treat people that way. It could also be taken in the get successful, dump your girlfriend sort of way. Well, that's exactly yeah. what it is. That's exactly what the ad is that's saying. What saying right, yeah. But, yeah, but it depends if they're saying, that, like, oh, that's what these guys do, or that's what you should do. Yeah. That's where it comes in. And it's like uh, both mm, yeah. readings are there to be taken. Like, yeah. you can read you can it in any way you way. want. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, as we already learned so, here. It's kind of like sex is the same way. It's like women be shopping or something. It's like it's such, such a com. It's such a commonplace. I think that it's something that you can definitely roll your eyes out. I think yeah. it's something that can definitely be called out. I don't know if it's fake. I I wouldn't say that's fake. I would say that's part of a larger issue. You know what I mean? Like I, it depends on. I want to hear what the company has to say about it. If they're saying, "Oh no, we meant to completely as satirizing the type of person that, that well, does that." That's that. what happened. The, the company put out uh, okay. a statement where they said, and I have the thing right here. One second. Yeah, let's hear this statement. Incidentally, I was going to say, it seems like bad advertising either way, because you're going to piss off these people on the one hand, piss off people that uh, are reading it in the sexist interpretation that's that's there for the reading. And then mm -hmm. also, if you're one of these hedge fund guys, this is a real estate company that you could potentially be doing business with and making them a lot of money, but they're making fun of you. They're calling you like a douchebag. So like... Oh, I didn't think of that who wins? Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a so good yeah, angle. I want to hear the statement, because I want to see like what, if I can discern the thought process here. The Street Easy Company put out a statement saying, We sincerely apologize to those who interpreted this ad to be anything beyond what our goal was. To parody New York characters to capture the choices that renters and buyers make to live in the city we all love. Uh. The intention of this ad and all the creative in our campaign was never to upset or offend. So this reaction is something that we take very seriously and are taking action to remove it from the campaign's rotation. Mm. So the result of this outrage was the ad's going to get pulled. So they're saying this is a trope and like, okay. Exactly. They're That's... saying we're making fun of this dude, these kind of dudes for engaging in this sort of behavior. Sorry yeah. if you got offended, we'll, we're going to take it down. That's fair. And it's plausible. It's plausible that they thought that. And then it's equally plausible that other people read it another way and thought like, hey, this isn't cool. Like, I think that an explanation was necessary. Like, because sometimes you'll say something and like, well, what do you mean by that? Yeah. And... Then they'll totally. say, "Well, this, well, this is what I mean," and it's like, "Oh, okay, I thought you meant something different." Right? You might want to. Because I could have taken this a totally different way. Yeah, you yeah. might, you might want to clean that up if that's how yeah. you meant yeah. it. It happens all the and time. We've all, yeah, yeah, we've all run into this, especially as comedians. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, yeah. Do you, what do you mean by White that? And I think, so I don't know if necessarily taking it down was the right thing to do, but I think based on who saw it, who got pissed about it, if mm -hmm. enough people get pissed about it, enough people are taking about it, taking it one way, you know. And it, mm -hmm. it depends. If one person see, writes something about it, then a thousand people are thinking about it. That's the motto in customer service, I think. Like, if one person is willing to write a letter, then a thousand people are thinking it. Something like that. Mm. So, you know, if, like, a hundred people are writing it, then they're like, well, we maybe need to... Yeah, we maybe did do uh, pull this fucking ad. Pull this ad. Yeah. You know, or, you know, a thousand people or whoever, however many people they got about it. 
But uh, that may be different now in the age of social media because now writing is so accessible. Oh, you can send a mean tweet to a company in 10 in seconds. In 10 seconds, you know, it's yeah. Very, so yeah. maybe it's a little bit different. Maybe that ratio is a little And lower. that's what happened, too, is as soon, as soon as some random person, and I don't know who the person was who originally posted it, but mm-hmm. I'm sure a few people took a picture of it on their phone and were like, this ad is fucking bullshit, and posted it. And then, you know, a couple of groups got a hold of it and yeah. started passing it around. And by the afternoon, all hell broke loose. Because this apparently broke like a day or two ago. This is one of those ones that... Because one thing we look at in this show, too, is we like to look at the shelf life of a particular outrage story. Mm. You know, sometimes it lasts for a few months. Sometimes it's it's a couple days. This is one of those ones that... Because it's, it's just an easy one to move fast. There's nothing really stopping it. Like, it's just tweet, response, oh shit, we don't want to piss people off, statement, take down the ads. You know? Yeah. It's a, there's, it's a neat... It's not a messy situation at all, really. Yeah, yeah no, this one definitely. I, I again, so is there still outrage about it, or well, is that outrage? I mean, w- once the ad gets taken down, I don't think there's gonna yeah. be. Um, I don't know. I, I just really don't f- see that. Like, I don't see the ad as being something that's entirely sexist. So I personally think it's kind of bullshit, fake outrage. But well, it already happened. It's it's commenting on it's commenting on sexist culture for sure. Um, I yeah, mean, but it's making fun of it. It's making fun of like, hey, look at this fucking douchebag who did this to this girl and has moved to this douchey neighborhood so we can hang out with his douchebag friends. Ads yeah. are but you have to, like Ryan said earlier, an explanation was necessary. It's the kind of thing where had they nobody not explained was tell- it, nobody was telling them to take it down. They yeah. just said this is bullshit and this is sexist. Mm-hmm. And you know, they go, oh well, it wasn't our intention. We were yeah. actually trying to do this. Yeah. Uh, if they, I think that a lot of people would have just been like, yeah, all right, whatever. But they the, they they decided that they were gonna go one step further and take it down, and that's their yeah. prerogative. I don't, Which makes sense. It's like why bother if this is gonna be if this is gonna piss people piss off? Because not everyone that sees it is gonna then like Google it and see like oh they apologize. They might just think like oh, and then they have a negative association in their brain with street easy, right? And that Which hurts is, them long term. So oh, especially a company that has the you know type of dealings they have because if you go on street easy they they sell apartments that are in the millions ranging down to what the regular people buy and so mm. you know if they lose regular out on, people what's that five hundred thousand the regular people they don't want for a closet yeah <laughs> yeah well well the regular people who shouldn't be sitting at premium sections of yankee stadium <laughs> yeah, yeah those regular people <laughs> yeah those regular people um the peasants like us um so they don't want to lose out on potentially huge real estate deals sure. down the line and so certainly I, I can understand wanting to pull an ad like this. I, I don't Are know. people who ride the subway really buying apartments? Yeah. Though? When you think about Especially it. Especially the kind of people generally that are going to get exercised about these ads and, and post about it online are probably not customers that they have to worry about losing. Yeah. So I think this is... It's gen- just more PR, more yeah. general PR. General PR. I, this I this just kind being, of stuff happens being all the prudent. time. I don't really even consider this outrage. I see. I, I think right here in this this situation too. This is one of those ones where there's a potential that somebody said like this is sexist, and then a bunch of other people were like, uh, yeah, that's sex- sexist, yeah, and they just kind of jumped on the mob, you know. And that does happen with with outrage a lot. But how big of a mob was there? Apparently enough for these guys to respond. Because honestly, uh, if I on. if I just saw the ad, like just if I just saw it. I probably wouldn't think twice about it. I probably wouldn't think like, "Oh, that's crazy sexist." But when, like talking about it and like thinking about it, I'm like, "Oh, I, yeah, I guess that's there." Yeah, Phil, I you think know what I mean. I think your outrage about potential white knights is the fake outrage here. Oh boy, yeah. yeah I think I think I, gotta, yeah. I think you. Anytime the sexism dog whistle is blown, your your anti-white knight mode goes into full effect. <laughs> yeah, I 
I can confirm that as your partner partner in this thing. I'm, I, I, I'm calling this fake outrage on Phil oh, man. for claiming this is outrage. Yep. That's what I'm doing. We're going to call this Phil's fake outrage report Phil's from now fake on. outrage report. We report on how, how Phil is that? fake bad about some shit. How about that? Shit. You, you, you came on to this being like, oh, these guys are going to rant about fake outrage, and he got called for his own <laughs> fake outrage. How about that? How is, that about a first? It? is that a first? That is a first. Oh, yeah. yeah, I love it. This is this is a first. My, my, you have fake outrage to this outrage. I have fake outrage about this fake outrage. Yeah, you're going to be about the, the, the white knight I don't, thing. I don't even think it's... Con- I don't, you see, I'm going to go one step further. <laughs> I don't even think that this is outrage. I think that you have fake outrage to a made-up outrage. That's why your outrage is fake. No, this is a real outrage. This is all. No, it's not a real outrage. I think it's just something that happens. I think that uh, you know, ad companies put out ads that suck, and people say, "Hey, this ad sucks," and they pull the ad. They go, "Oof, I don't know about that," and then they tweet about it. Right. Yeah, and then they tweet about it more. That you're characterizing. Yeah, is what he's saying. The level of intensity of the anger. You're ascribing a level of intensity and and white knightedness. Rise to the level of outrage. Yeah. Well, the white white knightedness, I think. implies that it's like a bunch of dudes right who are like which you just says like oh the the dudes who are being like oh yeah this well, is just people sexist. in general though because mm. there there is right a, but i don't see that happening no no well forget the dudes part there is like a mob mentality when it comes to internet outrage like sure. once in a while somebody from like a major site and i don't want to name names we all know who they are will say like hey this thing is horrible you should be mad about this. And their lemming followers are like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's get mad about that. Totally. Like, let's let's be mad about that. Even though, like, they wouldn't have, that's something they wouldn't have even found out about. You know what I mean? It's something that wouldn't have really raised an eyebrow until someone said, let's see if we can fire some more people up about this. And so sometimes well, that's you have to true consider of like everything, right? Like, if you, if, you, if you don't know about something that would make you mad if you knew about it, you can't get mad about it. But once someone draws it to your attention, even if someone on a site that you read, presumably because, say, you care about the kinds of content that they cover, and then someone uh, who you follow because you respect their opinions uh, says something about one of these things that you care about, that's like all that's in your wheelhouse yeah, already. I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't, you wouldn't have known about what Randy Levine said if you hadn't read the Daily News, would you? That's true. Right. So those daily news people, they just manufacture out. We're all just prisoners of our ideologies. Yeah, we are. We're going to die. All right. All right. All right. I give. Why are we doing this podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, we're doing it so Phil can learn the definition of white knight. It's killing time until we die. That's why we're doing it. In in response to your question, in response to it, I think that this is, uh, I think there's always going to be hangers on and and pilers on, dog pilers. But it seems to me like the company took care of it before that would be an issue. And I don't. I don't. I don't really consider it to be. Uh, this is not something because it's not a national thing. Them. Like yeah. I'm not seeing about this all mm-hmm. the time. Mm-hmm. It's, when I when I think outrage, I think you know uh, national level. Well, there's different levels on this. Like show. That, that dolphin thing, like that was around the world. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's got shit around the world. Everybody is sort of aware of that. This is a very seems like a very hyper local. Not every story we cover on this show is going to be national or international. Well, we, so this, we was did, a, this was a mini outrage. This was a local outrage. We did one a few episodes back about a guy who got mad at a coffee shop in like Washington mm-hmm. because of the, there were topless baristas. That was local to semi-regional outrage that I happened to because I, I look stories up on this for the show and I just kind of found that in my travels. You know what I mean? So some stories are more local than others. This is obviously a specifically New York and specifically underground, haha, story because it's on, oh, the on the subway. Yeah, yeah. Not gonna lie, that one took me a second. They're not all. There was not that good of a. Joke. I know. I just wanted to make the Ghana joke again. 
So not all are going to be internationally shared. Some are local levels of outrage and some are huge outrage. However, all the things that you guys said before leads me to, uh, you know, I'll, I'll change my tune on this one. You guys have uh, you've convinced me. We're going to go real outrage on this one. Cool. Real outrage instead of fake outrage. Yeah. Do you concede, too, that your outrage is fake? Um, you mean my, my outrage about this About outrage? White Knights, yeah. Well, that's a different topic. You know what I mean? Right. Mm. We'll crack it open. We'll crack it open later. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. <laughs> this was a lot of fun, guys. I enjoyed debating outrage with you. All right, you guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Ryan Hoffman, you can find him YouTube. You YouTube, can yell at me on the internet. YouTube.com slash Temple Horses uh, or on Twitter at Hoff Smash. You can hit us up online at Fake Outrage Rept because mm-hmm. there were not enough letters on Twitter. Do we have a Gmail going, by the way, Oh uh, Yeah, you can email us at it's just, uh, I believe it's just the Fake Outrage Report. At uh, gmail.com. Yeah. Awesome. All, all right. The, the, all the words. Lowercase, right, whatever. Hit us up on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Uh, and have a magical evening. Yeah. Good night. Or whatever. <laughs> <laughs>